Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hello, welcome to worshipleaderlife.com podcast. My name's Stephen Toon, and I think you know that already because I say that in the intro, and it's just me sitting here with my coffee. I think what I might do, I wonder if I can do this actually. Um, oh, I better turn my phone off. Where did that come from? There it is, underneath my notebook. <laughs> Very excited getting texts because uh, we are we are uh, getting ready to release an album. Lisa and I, my wife Lisa and I, are uh, we have a band. We are Bagentina. You can find us at tunemade.com. That's T-O-O-N-M-A-D-E.com. And the band is spelled B-A-D-G-E-N-T-I-N-A. We've been making music for a lot of years, and we sort of took a long break because we were having children, and those children are still young, but old enough that we could steal away a little bit to do make some music so that's what we're into right now and that's why my phone was dinging because one of our uh artists is working on a top secret t-shirt for our fans and followers and uh yeah wasn't even planning to plug this but hey if you are interested go to tunemade.com you can pre-order the album get it before it actually gets released to everybody else because we're doing like a a fans only release and uh later it'll go to streaming and other places but june 2020 fans only you are a fan if you want to be one <laughs> so okay we today on the podcast i did a few weeks ago a worship leading boot camp with some wonderful people um where we went through three days. It was kind of a mini boot camp because I have one that's kind of goes over six to eight weeks, uh, depending on the size of the group. But uh, this was uh, just a condensed three session, three days, like like an hour a day kind of thing with some Q&A. Uh, we did three sessions and it was kind of a mini boot camp and we went over some really great things. To help folks get started with worship leading, and you know what, I, th I was I, I actually recorded it, but because of the nature of the like a seminar class, like where you're taking questions and there's comments and there's certain things going on, I, j I decided you know what, let's re-record this for the podcast, uh, and we're not going to do the whole thing, but I wanted to go over some of the main concepts, and we'll run another boot camp soon, so that if you want to be a part of that, it's a lot of fun and. I think it's packed full of great, great stuff for any worship leader. Um, but yeah, here, here's day or session one. I want to kind of go over that today for the for our podcast episode. So this is the worship leader life or worship leading mini boot camp day one. Some of the stuff we talked about. Why are we here? Well. I start things off by just saying we're going to go over the basics and the fundamentals of worship leading, which I actually go over in a little 
a, a mini ebook that I wrote called Four Pillars of an Awesome Worship Leader. And those four pillars are worship and prayer, honing your craft, community, and discipleship. Four things that I think are super central and important to developing as a worship leader and sustaining the life of a worship leader. A couple of things to remember as we go over this and as you start your journey or continue your journey as a worship leader, one is you're not alone. And I, on Sunday mornings, always look to my worship leaders. And my worship leaders, some of them aren't even musical. Uh, I remember one of my early worship leaders that I would look to on a Sunday morning was Sheila, one of our board members. And any time I was feeling out of sorts or not sure what was going on, or even just needed, a, you know, just someone to kind of remind me of what I was doing and where we were going in worship, I would, I would look over to Sheila, and she was just didn't matter what was happening in the life of the church. It didn't matter what was going on for her. She was just always ready to worship and just you could tell by her posture you could tell by her um the joy on her face you could tell by just her engagement as we sang together and so i used to look to her and, and a number of others and they even though i was up on the platform leading worship she was and others were kind of leading me into the act of worship and let's face it on sunday mornings you're busy and there's lots of things on your mind from gear, pedals, <laughs> strings, lyrics, chords, slides, the tech side of things, um, just the overall flow of things. Sometimes you need somebody to ground you or to remind you that, hey, this is us spending time with God and both giving to God, blessing the Lord and also receiving and, and hearing from the Lord and you know, there are a few people at, in every congregation that I'm a part of. There's always people that are just good at that. <laughs> and so they become my worship leaders. And in the class, I actually show this video, which I'll save for the class. So, um, but it's basically, it's a leadership video. And it's it, it illustrates how one person can step out and do something bold and in so doing, they're calling others to join. But often, it's not even that first person that's stepping out that becomes the leader or or at least does a lot of the heavy lifting. It It's often the second person. It's the first person to join the leader that uh, signals to the rest of the crowd that this is, this is good. We should follow. We should do this. So, uh, so anyways, just point number one as we go through the, these these four pillars is you're not alone and point number two to kind of keep in mind is don't take yourself too seriously i've been toying with the idea of doing a worship fails contest where you're not allowed to post anything that's not yours but we've all failed we've all had those moments where things do not go as planned and uh it, it's good to laugh at ourselves don't take yourself too seriously uh and i show a video on there that i found uh, of this guy i think they call it the sacrum salt video so i'll let you google that sacrum salt but i think i well i'll i'll put the link in the show notes too but i have shared it before on worship leader life on the blog so anyways 
if you're in the class one day soon, you will see those videos. Worship and prayer. The first pillar that I that I um, believe is central to, foundational to worship leading is um, your own worship and prayer. A friend of mine used to say that, well, he still says that when I lead worship and he's there, he always sees me as like the guy that bursts into the throne room. And, the, you know, as I get into the throne room of where God is, I turn around and I kind of, you know, I do the motion, come on, you know, come with me. And I sort of tell everybody that it's, it's good. Like it's safe. Come on, let's do this. Let's, let's meet our Lord, meet our God. And, and, but he used to just see me as the guy that just threw caution to the wind and, you know, and just said, let's do this. And I always thought that was a really cool picture. Um, and, but what is worship? You know, like it's connecting with God. I said that already. It's, um, it's, it's doing so sometimes on our own, but often in, in the context of what we're talking about, it's doing this in community. It's engaging with God in community. And as far as being a worship leader, uh, I don't know why I don't always use this term, but I love the term coined by Matt Redman that we are actually lead worshipers. So, you know, in that video I talked about, the first guy that goes out and does in the video they're dancing and he's dancing at a festival and he's kind of dancing crazy and and nobody's joining him and then finally someone does join him and then once that first person joins the crazy dancer a whole bunch of people follow suit and that's what we are we're lead worshipers so we're getting out there and we are worshiping with our heart mind soul spirit and putting our all into it and saying to everyone else Hey, let's do this together, right? And I'm going to read a few things directly from the book. This is what I say about prayer in this section on worship and prayer. As you worship, you'll be inevitably led to pray. I know we're not all called primarily to be intercessors or prayer warriors, but at the same time, we are all called to be prayer warriors and intercessors. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the, in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's just a given that we need to be praying and praying for our people. And Jesus often went off to pray, and we know that he fervently prayed for 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 us, for his followers, and to, for those he was ministering to. The essential thing to remember, I think, for us as worship leaders is that we need to be, uh, we need to spearhead praying for our team and for our con congregation. Pave the way for intimate and spirit-led worship by interceding for the people you're leading. And, um... I can think of two great reasons to be a person who prays. Uh, there's many, but <laughs> one, God loves to know what we want. He's proactive as our Lord and our Savior, and, and, and we're created in His image. So one of two things are going to happen if you ask the Lord for things. He's either going to grant your request, or He's going to show you why your desire 
isn't his will or maybe isn't the best idea for the time or whatever, right? It's a win-win. So you either get what you're asking for or you get to experience more of the Lord's refining in your life. It's not always comfortable, but isn't this our goal, right? To get closer to God, to allow, to allow God to lead us and guide us. And how better to teach our team how to pray, but to model it and actively be praying for them. So I've, I've thought and I've said at times that leading worship can be like pulling teeth. Um, it always depends on the community, the culture, and of course the spiritual battle at any given time. So if something has the potential to be hard work, then this is all the more reason to be supporting your team and your congregation by praying for them. If we don't ask the Lord to lead that way and we don't acknowledge that our fight is not against flesh and blood, how is it that we expect to have active and vibrant worship so we can't conjure it up on our own? Take the opportunity to humble yourself and to get praying. And I mentioned some other things in the in the uh, the book here, but different styles of praying, just things you know that I've learned along the way. Uh, one of the things, though, I do talk about is singing the Psalms. Something that I picked up from uh, I think it was Graham Kendrick. I can't remember if I read this or what, but you can hear. Sorry, you can hear my mouse clicking as I go through this, but my notes. Um, there's a section in there on, on singing the Psalms where, in fact, there's a whole book on this. I think it's Eugene Peterson, uh, or is it J.I. Packer? Anyways, one of the, one of the older guys that used to teach at Regent College in Vancouver wrote a book on this, basically saying like, if you can't, if you don't know how to pray, Go to the Psalms and use the Psalms as your guide, as your map for prayer. And uh, that's pretty much what what Graham Kendrick does too. When he's leading worship, sometimes he'll sing through the Psalms. So he'll just kind of vamp on something musical and just start singing out. Um, and it's it's a way to kind of connect with the prayers of God's people, uh, both you know, of the past and present, because we all go to the Psalms as a outline for prayer. Um, anyway, so moving on to, to number two of the four pillars, honing your craft. So study and practice. Um, the fact that you're listening to this podcast and maybe even you've read this, this uh, little ebook I've written, or, you know, if you're going to, if you're thinking of taking the boot camp. You're probably the kind of person that pursues knowledge and growth and excellence as you serve because you're, you're trying to learn how to lead worship or you're trying to get better at it, right? So probably don't need to tell you much about this, but you know, the old, the old saying, practice makes perfect. Um, somebody, what did somebody said in the class last time, uh, practice makes Oh, what did they say? Oh, it was such a great quote. I'll find it. I'll have to bring that up again. But anyways, the point is, uh, there's a legend uh, that involves Pat Metheny. I don't know how true it is, but he basically said, you know, a, a journalist asked him, so the level you're at, now Pat Metheny's this like virtuoso guitar, jazz guitar player and, and uh, composer and performer and Somebody asked him, like, so do you still practice? Because he's, you know, the best in the world at what he does. And he said, of course I practice. And he gave an example. His daughter had a birthday a few days before. And before the birthday, he spent 
some time. I don't know how long, but he practiced playing happy birthday <laughs> on his guitar. And I thought, okay, if the master has to, or not has to, but if the master does see that practicing is, is worth it, then I think if we want to be the best we can be as musicians, as worship leaders, then we need to get into the practice of practicing. Lawyers practice, doctors practice, musicians practice. Um, and it's this philosophy of uh, actively doing what you do and learning from it every time you do it. So, you know, if we if we turn this practicing into a di a, uh, this discipline, uh, this discipline practice of, oh gosh, I can't, I'm tongue-tied. Let me try that again. Um, anybody can get up and recite the notes and words of a song and do it in front of a group of people that can sing along. But if we turn it into the discipline and practice of intentional worship as we recite and help others to follow, there's an other element in play. And what I mean by that is whatever you do is worship, you know, like we call this worship leader life. And I want to be able to help people be discipled as worship leaders because your life is worship. If you take time to practice your instrument or to even practice worship leading or worshiping, and you see it as intentional worship, not just figuring out the notes and the chords and being able to pull it off, but actually like actively engaging with God as you do this. Um, that's that's deeper. And when you get up to actually lead your people on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever it is, you've been in the zone. You've been in the act of worship. Um, so it's not just this cold, calculated formula, right? Um, yeah. Anyways, so there's... I talked about this earlier, actually. Personal challenges, technical mayhem whatever your congregation's going through. Sunday mornings are full of uh, challenges, conflict sometimes, and, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff that's tugging at you, at your attention and your energy. So if you keep worship and prayer and uh, honing the craft by actually actively practicing worship and practicing your instrument, you can, you can actually... Uh, do a better job of it on Sunday morning. What, here, the best example I have of this is my teacher, my voice teacher, used to tell me that when you get up to sing and you're nervous, let's say at a concert or anytime you're in front of people singing, you actually lose about 25% or more of your lung capacity because of just how your body's reacting to s stress or nerves, anxiety. And I'm not saying, you know, that's... I think a little bit of nerves, a little, you care about what you're doing, right? If, if you're nervous, it means you care about what you're doing. Now, if you're debilitated by anxiety and nerves, um, that's another thing altogether, but healthy, uh, healthy, healthy nerves usually means your body's going to be acting a little different. And so if you practice and get your lung capacity up and, and just, really work your those muscles your lungs your voice um when you do go to perform at 75 percent lung capacity 
uh, you know you're still going to be able to do it because I think I guess the difference would be if you weren't practicing, if you weren't taking the taking your lungs to the gym, so to speak, and uh, you want that 75% to be as much as possible, right? So same with any muscle, same with any practice, any like anything you're doing, right? So hone your craft. So. There's a few things you can do to hone your craft. And one of those things is back to what Graham Kendrick does, right? The singing the Psalms. That that can be a stretch. Learning how to be spontaneous in your worship. When you're singing the Psalms, you, you're being spontaneous with the melody. You're vamping on chords. But you're um, practicing this sort of live improvised thing. But there's structure there. So another thing you can do is if you feel like you have a gift for the prophetic and spontaneous worship, you need to put that into practice uh, during the week, during your regular day. Like, you know, it's not, it's not magic in the sense that, yes, it is alive. It's a thing that, you know, the Holy Spirit uses in the moment. And um, it's very... Uh, I guess relational and it's, and it's, it's real and it's, it's, but let's say, um, you know, if you've never done it before and God chooses to use you in a prophetic kind of spontaneous way, um, that of course God can do that. But what if you hone the craft of communicating with God in that way? just on a daily basis. That means when it does get to Sunday and you do sense that God wants to sing something out over the people, you're sort of tuned into that station. You're tuned into that practice, right? So stretch stretch yourself. And if you want to try something on a Sunday morning, be sure to be trying it during the week. So another, another thing I wrote in there, just you know, vary your venues. I think it's great to get out and play at other churches, play in small groups, play with bands, play with other worship leaders. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I talk a little bit about the Bible in there too, because that's part of honing your craft is learning, studying theology, getting to the heart of what we believe and who we are as a people of God. But let's move on to community. Uh, day one of the worship leading boot camp, I talk about community. And, you know, I'm going to assume that we're all, we know that we're called to be connected to the church. And this happens by being committed and active in a local church body. All of us are urged to make this a priority and to enjoy the fruits of living as a part of Christ's body. The same applies to worship leaders as a subgroup too. Um, Hebrews 10, I talk about how it ties together a couple of the points that are foundational for, for worship. Um, you know, I've covered that the fact that Jesus made a way for us to worship freely without being tied to a location and a system, namely like the ancient worship system that was laid out after the great exodus of the Israelites, uh, tabernacle worship, temple worship. Um, but uh, that involves priests and Levites, um, you know, the temple, animal sacrifice, grain offering, special items, symbolic dress, all this stuff. But when the veil in the temple was torn torn in two, Jesus opened a way for worship to be decentralized as far as location. And the Holy Spirit enables us to worship by his power and anointing, not by 
wearing the right clothes or saying the right words or um in Hebrews 10, we're, we're reminded of this, and we're encouraged to continue meeting together regularly as if to say, you can worship, so be sure to keep meeting together and taking advantage of this awesome opportunity, right? And it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Just a great small little section of scripture just reminds us of the freedom we have to be in God's presence and to draw near to God and to receive his cleansing, his freedom, uh, and, and that we can do that together, right? So, I think it's great for us to find a group of like-minded people that we can, you know, be encouraged by, that we can learn from, like a mastermind group. Um, I think it's important that we are connected to our leadership. It doesn't, you don't have to be like, you know, best friends with your pastor or your, whoever's preaching or whatever, but like community is good and iron sharpens iron. And I probably don't have to say much more about that, but that's, that's kind of the point behind this pillar of worship leading is the community part. Like you can't do it alone. It's weird right now. Cause we are, it's early May 2020. We've been in this uh, sort of isolation coronavirus thing for a couple months now, and it, it's strange, right? Um, but I'm. It's this week I'm leading worship actually, and and I'm thinking, you know, it's been a challenge, but I'm trying to figure out ways to be connected to my our leadership and to to what's happening, you know, this Sunday or whatever. Like as I prepare to to lead worship virtually. Uh, but yeah, so the ne the final section of day one here is discipleship. I talk about Jesus modeling it with his disciples and his followers. He clearly commanded us to love him, uh, to love others, and to go and make disciples. It's essential to being a worship leader. And I think really at the heart of worship leader life is trying to get it into practice this idea of discipleship whether it's happening for you from you know somebody that's in your life already or you have a spiritual director uh that i talk about that i had a spiritual director in back in 2007 ish when i was a new father i just really needed some um i needed something more than what was present already in my life um and I, I sought out a spiritual director. And the beauty in that relationship is a spiritual director is not there to counsel you so much as to listen to your story and what's happening in your life and help you to draw out where God is already speaking and already at work. And so beneficial. And, you know, I have always tried to seek out mentors, uh, you know, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody that's walking alongside you, they don't even have to be someone who's like 
that much older than you, but just someone to teach, coach, um, you know, give you some accountability if you need. Um, you know, it's just, there's no better way to be discipled than to have a mentor. And if, and I talk about just as I teach this in the class, um, ways that you can seek that out if you don't have it, uh, ways that you, maybe you have it already, you don't realize it. It doesn't have to be, you know, in fact, a couple of my main mentors in my life, I'd say there's been three big mentors in my life and not one of them has ever used a program or a book or anything like that. You know, it's, it's been very relational and very, uh, natural and, uh, it's a friendship. It really is. So that's, that kind of sums up day one of the worship leading boot camp. And I think for our next podcast, I do have some interviews coming up and going to share those, but eventually I w well, not eventually, but I'll be sharing day two as well with, there's a great story that involves my, one of my mentors and how God used, um, an interesting kind of a journey to get me to a place where I, I could receive some great mentoring, coaching, discipleship, uh, from somebody very special. So I'll be getting to that, that that's summing up day two of the worship leading boot camp, but I'll be getting to that next time. So you maybe throughout this episode have heard some mutterings in the background. My kids are all here and we are doing well. I hope you're doing well in this time. And I would love to hear from you. I welcome you to join us in our next mini boot camp. Um, I'll get some information out there for you on that. And I'd love to have you. It's 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 more interactive, obviously, than a podcast episode, and, it, and it's longer than this episode. Um, I'm just trying to sum it up. Uh, and also, I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, any thoughts, any ideas for the podcast, or anything else. Shoot me an email at stephen at worshipleaderlife.com. Uh, head to worshipleaderlife.com. Check it out. Join the email list. Uh, there's some special things in there, some resources, and um, yeah, some cool stuff that comes your way if you join the email list. Hope you are happy, healthy, and talk to you soon. This has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. shelter, comfort, and healing from all my pain. Your love, it transforms and reclaims your touch. We love your embrace. Savior,
rescued me while I was still in sin I'll never receive condemnation or shame again Covered by the song of your love I'm saved by the mark of your blood You know my name Everything broken You man again No one can love Like you You're gentle as a whisper But never weak You're rushing like a breaker But you calm the sea You glorify the Father And spread His name Jesus there's none Like A friend and a brother, we know your voice Lover, meeting our needs and empowering choice You speak, you're the living word We can't get enough of you, Lord Oh, you
like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken you mend again No one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never weak You're rushing like a breaker but you calm the sea You glorify the Father and spread His name Jesus there's none like Jesus, there's none like you.